Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bump Podcast, episode number 217. It is your pals, Roasted in the Summer, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Not much up here. Uh, it's getting some rain and uh, feeling happy we're getting closer to ski season. Still battling with my little COVID depression. I'm thinking, you know, COVID shit is uh, going to fuck up ski season. I don't want it to. Yeah, we were originally going to have a couple stories talking about that, but I think we're going to push them out a couple more weeks because there's still a lot of unresolved issues now. Obviously, things are going to be different, but... They'll be different after the election, let's put it that way. Oof. Right? Yeah. There's so much shit going on now because I don't even want to talk about election and politics. I just want to no, because get it done with and get to ski season and hopefully everything will turn up roses for ski season. We have no insight. We have no opinions that are going to enhance the dialogue anymore. So we're not going to go there. We're going to keep things fun, chill, and ski and snowboard related because you know what? That's what the world needs now. Less politics, more togetherness, more love, more friendship. And that's what we're doing. What the world needs is people not claiming that they know politics, talking out their ass from whatever they've heard on whatever news station. Just just saying. Nobody cares about you in politics. Nobody. Well, nobody cares about your opinion in general (laughs) sometimes, right? What I'm saying is none of the politicians care about you at all. Yeah, exactly. If you want to go in there and support you know, so-and-so, so-and-so. Yeah. Why? They don't love you. They don't, they don't tuck you in at night and give you a little kiss and put a little, uh, Hershey kiss on your pillow when you go to bed. Nope. Yeah. I mean, I even stay away. I stay away from Facebook because, uh, there's, you know, you see friends all over the place just fighting over Facebook about political opinions. It's like, can, can you just talk to each other and get it over with? Pure wankery. I don't really want to see this. Yep. We want no part of it. All I know is the last two or three nights here, it started to get that feel in the air, that end of summer feel where you start hearing those different kinds of crickets. I can't even describe it, but it's something that I remember as a kid. Winter crickets, right? (laughs) What's that? The winter crickets come out. Winter crickets are coming, coming north. Is that what they do? I don't know. Yeah, coming back up north to stay. I don't know. I just remember as a kid, started to panic when I heard those crickets come out because it meant school was going to start again. Yeah. Now as a grown ass man who doesn't go to school, it was a job that he hates. I think of this as, Oh, this is the harbinger of ski season coming when I hear those crickets. So now used to be a negative. Now it's positive. Turn so, that positive. That's good. That feeling, yeah. We're going to, you know what? We're going to get through this. It's all we can do. It cooled down a little here, but now it's raining like shit, oh, like almost every day. Now's when we get the the storms every day. So it's kind of, I guess that, that signals that winter's coming here, but we're going to go from 95 to maybe down to like 87. I'm hoping we get down to like the 30s this year. Uh, well, maybe that'll happen. We'll take, maybe we'll take a look at that in the old ski news today. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, hey, you know what? It, the the good the only good thing about it it doesn't stop me from getting on a plane and going there you go, there you go. i don't get snowed in i i always i can always get out that's true well thank you everyone so much for listening we do appreciate it check us out skibumpodcast.com when you're there check out the shop skibumpodcast.com/shop
get some swag. We are running low on stuff. We will get new stuff. I've said this for months. I, I didn't do it. Working on it. Don't you worry, my friends. <laughs> also, socials, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Ski Bum Podcast. Our favorite social media app, Untapped. We are at Ski Bum Podcast and at Ski Bum Podcast. Brian, we're both separate there. Follow us both on podcasting apps. Instagram. Nope, that's not a podcasting app. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, subscribe, rate us. Five stars would be wonderful. We'd really appreciate that. Also, we're on YouTube, SoundCloud, maybe. And, you know, we're all over the place. But thank you again so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. It's been kind of crazy times. We're all getting through this. We're finding our way. And it's going to get better, people. That's not a guarantee. But we get you got to have a positive attitude. You have to visualize, visualize and attack. You want visualize Visual. attack like Sun Tzu, the art of war. Man, I'm glad I came to the podcast today. You, you give me some uplifting words. I'm blowing sunshine up everybody's asses today. It's good. I'm trying to talk myself out of depression. So you know what? If I can pull myself out, I'm pulling all you motherfuckers out with me. All right. How about that? How about that? Yeah, I like there it. Oh, the crowd getting in there. There you go. Ooh. All right, let's kick it off like we always do. It's time for our pray today. All right. Uh, take us out of the gate. So uh, I had a really long day today, so I really needed a, an our pray. I did medicate, and then I had some our pray. So um, I'm feeling pretty good right now. Got to say. Uh, not, not catatonic, which is good. You got to... It's not about what you take. It's about the dosage, right? Everybody knows. I will say this. Since you got your medical card, and instead of having like four or five app and then podcasting, and you've been taking your, your medicine instead. Yeah. Much like more mellow and jollier. See, it has right? helped me. And you know what? I don't do anything during the day. I'll actually take some CBD during the, during the uh, day or in the morning. Um, just cause for the health benefits. Um, and then, you know, one works over not every day, you know, when I first got the card every day, I was like, I got to try this. I got to try that. You know, cause you're trying different things out. Like, how does it affect me? Like, so now I kind of know the dosages for the ones that I've been using. And I tell you, there, there are days where I try to just nail it just right. And when you nail it, you're in this like perfect zone. Sometimes you go just a little bit under and it's like, ah, uh, you know, I should have done more, but that's ah, all right. I'll just last four o'clock meeting you have, you start puffing away. You're like five time, five o'clock hits. I don't do a lot of the vape anymore. I was like, I just don't like the vaping all the time. It's like more of a treat or smoking something. I just don't like smoking all the time. So I've been doing the, um, the tinctures, you know, the, the drops. So the problem with that is I noticed the drops don't hit me for about an hour. Okay. So if I underdose, I'm like, shit, I don't want to take another hour to wait to see how it hits me. You know what I mean? So I don't know. which one do you have like a one-to-one THC to CBD tincture you use or I have a one-to-one and they actually gave me this, uh, three CBD to one THC, which is pretty good too. Oh, nice. It's like really nice. It's just, it doesn't really make you feel much of anything, but it really helps. Like if you got, um, pain because every once in a while I'll get back pain or mm-hmm. I'll do something stupid and hurt myself. Um, and that little bit of uh, THC in there really helps with that pain. It's surprising. Yeah, I know I have like, I have a one-to-one that I know 
I think I talked about in the podcast before that I took last year when I went to go see the Rockettes. <laughs> I, I took some edibles and then I took a ton of this tincture and I, I was so, so over edible. Then you figured you'll balance it out with the tincture. I'll balance it out with it. Well, you know, we, yeah, you to do. dude, we went to Fogo. All right. So we, we went full Jersey and we took a limo into the city nice. drinking bourbon for an hour in the car going into the city, went to Fogo to fucking chow, ate a shitload of meat, drank yeah. some wine, then went to go see the Rockettes and took the edibles at the beginning of the show. Oof. One part in the Rockettes where they do this, they, I don't know how many there are, there's 50 of them or 30 of them, however many there are, they all line up together and they fall onto each other in slow motion. <laughs> I was so high that I, it felt like it took a week for them to fall. I'm just like freaking out. I'm looking around like, I'm like, is anyone else like just like wanting them to just goddamn fall faster? Cause this is taking forever. That's uh, funny. Oh my God. I'm just like, like what is taking them so goddamn long to fall? Like fall. Uh, hilarious. And there was a lot of tincture that was used. And I think it just hit during that part of the show. And sad news, the Rockettes, Radio City Christmas Spectacular canceled. Canceled. For the yep. first time in 87 goddamn years this year. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. It's a little depressing, the amount of stuff that's getting canceled. And we'll actually talk about that later in some of the ski news. We're getting but, canceled. Uh, we're getting another canceled. Yeah. Um, I pray today. Mario. Holy shit. So it's good to test it and dose, but uh yeah, you know, thanks for thanks for that feedback because I think it's helping me in general. There's I'm drinking I'm drinking a lot less alcohol, like a ton less. I went from like, you know, if you want to equate it to to actual, you know, normal men like quantities, I went from like two cases a, a week on a weekend to like not even a six pack. Like that's the wow. that's the difference. Fantastic. Like, yeah, because you know you just have a little bit, you hang out. It's kind of nice, and you sip your beer, you know, gentlemen, like a gentleman, you know, pinky up and just kind of sipping that beer. My whole thing has changed. I've I've been drinking a lot less too, but only because I've because of the life being so crazy as it is right now. I yeah. I don't have a chance to work out until like after eight thirty at night. Mm. So I've been doing my aero ski or yoga classes later during like at night nice so i'm like i don't want to drink at dinner or happy hour or anything because yeah. i want to make sure i can do my workout so by the time i'm done it's like 10 10 30 i'm already exhausted so no need to yeah. drink anything at that point so I just fall asleep that's good i used to i still like working out at night like after work um and i can't drink before working out there's some people like oh i've only had a beer or two i'm gonna go work out i'm like i just i can't do it i don't know what are they really doing when they work out? I don't know. Talking to people. <laughs> like Got the side master. Yeah. Squeezing you out. Watching the girls at the side master. That, that's it. Doing the uh, 10 bicep curls and calling it a day. Yeah, I'm done. I worked out. I'm huge. Let me spray some water on me. I'm good. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I feel you. I feel you. Um, so <clears throat> I am drinking a nice beer. From Cycle Brewing Company in St. Pete, uh, Florida. So, if anybody hasn't been to St. Pete, it's really nice. So, this is the brewery that I've been to was the is the one in downtown St. Pete, which is like twenty or thirty minutes still from 
actual St. Pete beach. So if you're ever coming down to visit, just look at the map because if you stay in St. Pete downtown and think you're right near the beach on the beach, you're not. So just a little word of advice, but, um, they make some pretty good, they make a crank IP, which is really good. But, uh, this one I found in a can, um, I got to say when I moved here like two and a half years ago, and I remember talking to somebody about it that knows beer from, you know, local beer and they're like, oh, that's good. You know, Cycle Brewing makes some good stuff. And I found this and they were like, wow, they're like, that's pretty hard to find. Uh, you know, they get it in places, but then it sells out right away. So I actually found it this week. Uh, I went to a different store. I was like, oh, I got to get some. So, of course, the I got a liquor store with people fighting and naked. The ghetto liquor store. Really? So it's Cycle Brewing called Cream and Sugar, Please. Um it is a, it's brewed with coffee and lactose and it's a, I believe it's a porter. Let's see. So it's not super sweet, but it is like sweeter. Uh, it's an American porter. Um, it has a sweet taste, but it's not like a gummy, gooey, syrupy beer. It actually tastes on the lighter side, a little, um, a little fruity. Uh, it really tastes when you have it. If you think that you're drinking like a cold brew with a little bit of cream in it, that's exactly what it tastes like. It's pretty amazing. Interesting. So, yeah, it it's really delicious. Have if you I, um? If I ever get around to it, I got to send you some. Have you ever tried that Jägermeister cold brew? No. I know they keep showing commercials for it during the NHL playoffs. And I'm so pissed. I almost got it. Really? La the last weekend I skied back in March. I really wanted an Irish coffee. And we were at that Irish pub in uh, Ludlow by Okemo. Remember, we've, we've gone there before. Oh, yeah. I was there and I ordered an Irish coffee and drank that. And I just after I got it, I saw they had that Jägermeister cold brew. It's actually made with cold brew coffee. Yeah, I'm reading it now. They're I like, it's cold it, coffee. And I heard it's actually kind of good. Really? I guess if they put a little bit of it, it would taste a little herby and a little, you know. I really want to try it, but I don't want to buy a bottle of it. It just seems like, because. You got to look for one of those little airplane bottles, the well, samples. I hate the, the dollar value that, and. One of the last things my father gave me before he passed was a partially drinking bottle of Jägermeister. Oh, see? Which Why are you just try making your own? Just take some of the Jägermeister, put in coffee. Now you sound like my wife, because this is exactly what she said to me. <laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't you try that? See if that flavor makes you power vomit before you actually <laughs> go out and buy anything. Right? I just, I just, the rocket shits that, that Jägermeister cold brew has the potential to cause. Yeah. I, but but like Jägermeister, to, Jägermeister, gives you, Jägermeister gives you the shits. Coffee is a diuretic by definition. I mean, yeah. I can only imagine the carnage you could cause. This is why you get the bidet. If you got the bidet, not a problem. People do it all the time. They, they, they torture themselves, giving them the shits all the time. Look at that line at Chipotle. That's that's not going to end well, but everybody goes. Have you seen like their revenue is up so much during COVID because of like Uber Eats and DoorDash and stuff? Like yeah. people still need their picks. They're just like they're just getting like burrito launchers and just firing them. And people are like, "Oh my god, burritos! Gotta have them!" 
remember the bad rap they had? It was like, if you look at everything that happened, all the bad press they got, it was only like a handful of stores or like a few stores. And then the, the news traveled and everybody's like, oh, Chipotle, you don't eat Chipotle. And a lot of people stopped going there. But I'm like, they're going to come back at some point because people are going to be like, where am I going to get a burrito? That's that's pretty delicious, you know? Probably McDonald's poisoning their uh, their supply anyway. Just so they yeah. can get, well, go, go to McDonald's instead. Yeah. But then it hits social media. And this is a, another reason I hate social media. And people took it and, oh, yeah, it's, you know, basically try to ruin Chipotle over, over you know, a few cases that hit social media pretty big. Chipotle is goddamn delicious. <laughs> you could have the Chipotle Jägermeister cold brew. Oh, that sounds like a challenge of some sort. You can make a sauce and put the sauce on the burrito. A dipping sauce. Oh, a dipping sauce. Ooh, like the Mulan sauce. <laughs> you need that goddamn Szechuan sauce. Szechuan sauce. You've <laughs> mentioned that the last like five episodes. Well, because I've been catching up on Rick and Morty, man. That was so goddamn good. I'm all caught up, but now they they broke up the this last season, right? Yeah. I wonder if some sort of brewery could take the Jägermeister cold brew and a bunch of lactose and make like a version of your cream and sugar. Mm. Yeah, the cream and sugar does have lactose too. So they add lactose. That's what gives it nice and creamy. I tell you what, it's really smooth. If I uh if I get if I get some balls one of these days, I'll chuck it in a bag and send it to you. You know, lactose, I, I I personally am not, I'm I'm lactose tolerant. Me too. Yeah. I like some of my beers with a big old wad of lactose and they're making them all thick and creamy. Mm. Milkshake IPAs. And I think this one. It tastes I mean, like a, milkshakes. A porter with lactose. Like that sounds awesome. Mm. It's have, you been, have you been to the Salvador Dali Museum in St. Petersburg? Yes. I am a member of the Dali Museum and a member of the Clearwater Order, uh, Aquarium. Do you have, does that mean you have a special filter on your phone that gives you like the Dali like mustache? <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Uh, I, I no, it, like, the museum is really cool. The building itself is beautiful. Is it? I just noticed I was, you mentioned how far the beach is from the downtown. So I had to pull up Google oh, Maps to look at it. And one of the first things that comes up is the the Dolly Museum. And I actually went, this had to be like 10, 12 years ago. There was like a traveling Dolly exhibit that was in Philly nice. that I went and checked out. And it was like his stuff is I still get blown away, like how cool it is. Oh, it's amazing stuff. Real so stuff. Like the museum's pretty big, and I think they said it's the second largest Dolly museum other than the one in uh, Spain. Oh wow. Like his how I guess where he used to live and like so it's like the real deal and I guess this family I think it was the Morse family which is pretty big name in Tamp in the Tampa area they had this huge collection they created the museum and they donated all their stuff or endowed it and um, they built I mean if you look at the building if you look on the the website the building's beautiful and it's like a Dolly sculpture um hurricane proof that's really cool yeah i'm just looking at it now and it's like this glass almost looks like a bean like a freeform bean that they made on the side out of glass it's really cool and then it's like like part of it's like the predator or not the part of the terminator like the uh the t-1000 when it was kind of like like through something yeah yeah so there's that and then they got like sculptures on the grounds and then they always have like another exhibit that comes in uh, like I went, I saw him with Goya. Uh, but yeah, I'm a member. I support the arts, man. Look at you. 
got the family plan. I got the, you know, reciprocating, you know, museum. So we can go whenever we want. They always have like, they have a bar in there too, by the way. <laughs> oh, you go in there, have a few and just walk around. It's kind of nice. Well, I think that's going to be very important for uh, the podcast as we continue to blow up is that we do support the arts. I mean, that's okay. very important to give back. <laughs> All right. So I'm diving into my beer now. Dive in. Dive in. So I had a beer today. And it was one of those things lately. I've just, I've been coming up, you know, just snake eyes with all of my beer, like beer acquisition plans. Yeah. I was going to go to freaking Treehouse a few weeks ago. That goddamn hurricane came, knocked out power. Where I was going. It's getting in the way of that. Tomorrow, I was supposed to go to Icarus. That all fell through. Is it closed or something? Or are you just not going? No, I just, I just can't. I can't swing an extra 45 minutes to go to the goddamn brewery because that's what my life is like right now. Yeah. You got priorities. But today I decided, well, so my son's going to be his third birthday this weekend. Had to get some food. Wife went to Costco. My eight month pregnant wife went to Costco. And before that I said, Hey, can you stop at the cane brewery for me? Oh, because it's right next to Costco, which is goddamn convenient. So my wife, eight months pregnant, is waddling up to the goddamn tent because that's all they have right now. They have an outside tent and they have the beers in like the truck next to it, keeping them cold. That's how you get beer now there. So she's like, yeah, she's like, I was the only one there because it's, you know, five o'clock on a Thursday. I guess it wasn't a big draw. And I had her get me three, four packs. That's all I wanted. They have deliveries, but you got to spend 75 bucks. I'm like, I don't want to have that much beer around right now. Yeah, right. Just wanted three, four packs. So the one I decided to drink today was the one that had the most ski-like name to it. Ah. That one is called Corduroy Lines. Because I know when I think of Corduroy, I don't think of silly pants I used to wear as a child. (laughs) I think of... Fancy ski resorts, first thing in the morning. I picture sun. I picture those crisp lines. I'll tell you, the time most recently that I had a beautiful corduroy to ski on was when our pal Rich and I were in Ellicottville. And we skied at Hollymont, which was the private ski club. Nice. We were there on a sunny Sunday morning, and we just had beautiful corduroy to ski on. And seeing this beer, seeing the name... That's what it reminded me of. And the beer is quite delicious. It, it comes in at a whopping 8.4%. So it's got, it's got some uh, it's got some pow to it. Very, you know, classic New England style IPA, tons of tropical fruit and you know, orange. It's it's just it's tasty. And I had to go up and get myself some pistachios to eat while I'm drinking this because I needed I like the taste of it so much I needed to like put some salt on my palate to like almost reset the palate so I could keep tasting this beer because again it's fresh right from the brewery today nice delicious if you're an IPA fan and you're at the beach in Jersey you could do a lot worse than grabbing one of these nice everything Kane makes is is actually really good think about the 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 last time you had, you know, like a, you know, they put at the bar, like some peanuts and you're like eating them and you're like, oh, these nuts, you know, this trail mix or nuts go good with the, uh, the beer. 
Like that's never going to be around again. These pretzels are making me thirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, there's so many things we all took for granted that we're just never going to have again. Never going to have like that again. It was like, oh, it was cool. They they put out, you know, free snacks. You know, you're out there chomping down. They're like, all right, this is good. And everyone's just dirty fucking COVID plague hands. Hands right in there and COVID and ah, it's horrible. Like places, was it Lookout with the the peanuts? Yeah, get your little scooper thing and just scoop out your peanuts. Yeah, but you know, people go in there with their dirty ass hands. Like I am grabbing them. I don't need a scooper. I'm clean. Uh, They're not. They're not. They're they're grabbing their dicks. They're spraying all over the place. They're just not even washing their hands. Really, (laughs) Justin did that. I think. Oh, it's like, dude, you you were in the bathroom next to me. You didn't wash your hands. You fucking walk out. Just put your hands right in the peanuts. Putting your hands right there in the goddamn penis. Right in the penis. Oh, and that wasn't a Freudian slip because that's what you're eating now. That the, the penis touch the hands that touch all the peanuts in there. But the beauty is the shell. The shell yeah. protects the penis from the penis. That's true. But right. still in my mind, they're flagged as penis peanuts. So penis peanuts. You so just a little throwback. <laughs> we're talking about peanuts, a little throwback to last week. We've discussed it. We both Mario and I both consumed some edible cannabis before last week's episode. And mine kicked in beautifully towards the end. After the podcast, I had some crazy munchies. I went upstairs. My wife had just bought strawberry Haagen-Dazs ice cream. You ate the whole thing, didn't you? Ah, amazingly, I did not. But (laughs) I I do. I I had like a nice scoop full of ice, couple scoops full of ice cream, like this little, like a ramekin size that has my pistachios in it at the moment. Nice. That size. But for some reason, that weed creativity, I was like, dude, you know what would be really good in this? Pretzels. Peanut butter pretzels. The strawberry ice cream. Listen, Ben and Jerry's puts all kinds of crazy shit in their ice cream. Oh, they do. Yeah. They overdo it sometimes. But the strawberry Haagen-Dazs with peanut butter pretzels, Hmm. I got to tell you, absolutely fantastic strawberry peanut butter pretzel dude it was so good it was like a peanut butter and strawberry jelly pretzel sandwich man think about that you know what i've been hooked up talking about ice cream i've been hooked on the uh ice cream sandwiches again so oh if anybody knows me my i don't like a lot of ice cream every once in a while i'll be like oh yeah i'll have ice cream but then when i get in a mood for having ice cream i want to have it like i'll have it for like a week and then i won't have it for like three months you know what i mean that's just how I go. Um, every once in a while, I get in this kick, and I know when I when it when it feels right, I'm like I'm just gonna you know go out and buy ice cream sandwiches. But they can't be like the fancy like blue bunny ones. They got to be like the ghetto no brain no name brand whatever store brand. Yeah, that's just that's what I grew up with, and I'm like so I eat them. Last night I'm sitting there watching TV with Melanie, and I'm just fucking I race through like four of those. I'm like, all right, I gotta stop. You know what pissed me off about eating them? unwrapping them i'm like this is pissing me off i could eat so many more if i didn't have a goddamn wrapper on them you're losing two or three percent of your sandwich on that goddamn wrapper too you know how much energy i'm expending eating that i want all the full fat in i don't want to spend it eating the goddamn ice cream sandwich yeah so that's if i had a butler peel these ice cream sandwiches <laughs> bring them to me i think that's my favorite part of being an adult is that you can eat as much goddamn ice cream as you want oh and whenever you want but like breakfast that's, yeah that is definitely my favorite part of being a grown up. 
oh, working from home now is even worse. You're like, yeah, I'm going to just have some ice cream. I'm going to have whatever's in the fridge. You're you like, know? oh, look what's here. There's six pints of ice cream, coincidentally. Dude, I got a Publix supermarket like a block away. I walked there at lunch and I'm like, just getting shit that I, you know, hey, brownies today. It's horrible. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Bad news. Well, speaking of bad news, how about this beer brand offering 30 cases to anyone who can prove they were behind a strange library discovery? <laughs> I didn't read the story. Have you read it yet? I did. So this is, if anybody remembers Ham's, do you remember Ham's beer? No. I remember Ham's, I remember seeing it, um, but I thought they were out of business. I guess apparently they seem to still be in business and they were doing some renovation on this library in Washington and they decided, you know, they were moving around like, you know, this book collection. I think they said the mystery book collection. They were moving, moving that around and doing some, um, I guess, I don't know, probably some cosmetic work, you know, construction, whatever. And they removed a corner panel um, of some really old shelving. And they said, all of a sudden they found, <laughs> I forgot how much of it, I think it was like a case. 30 cases? No, no, it was 30 year old. Um, how many cases was it? It's 30 years old. So it was done 30 years ago. I don't know. I guess they're looking at the date on the on the bottle, you know, on the cans or whatever. But it was born on date. Remember that? Yeah. But it was like pioneer then. Oh, those Budweiser, I think. The born on date. Um. Oh, and you're you know somebody that worked in that in the brewery, and they they would take pallets of that stuff, put it in this big crusher because the born on date had expired or was too close, and they'd crush all that beer. I was like, wow. with the glass in it, it's not like they emptied it and reused the bottles. They're like, nope, crush it off. Yeah, the good old days. Good old days. Just dump in the river. But so they removed the paneling and they found this beer. I don't know how much was there. Uh, it looks like a six pack or a few beers or whatever. So they're actually offering a reward that if you can prove that it's your beer, uh, they will give you 30 cases of Ham's beer. How the hell are you going to prove that it's your beer? I don't yeah, know. Sure. From 30 years ago. I'm sure people come forward and be like, yeah, I did it. <laughs> well, beer. obviously you look like a trustworthy gentleman. Here's your 30 cases of beer, <laughs> sir. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. And it's funny. They, they have a picture of it and they found the hams beer and they found this weird ass Godzilla gum. It's it like, like big league chew the packet. Yeah. It says Godzilla heads. And it has like Godzilla breathing fire. <laughs> Dude, you got to think Godzilla themed gum. <laughs> I bet the person who put it there was like some freaking janitor who was like drinking beers every night and just like died the next day after he hit it. It's that's oh, my guess. Like I got picture like the janitor from Billy Madison. Yeah. Right. Or kids, that, kids that swiped it from home and they brought it in there and be like, yeah, I'm going to go to the library again, drinking beer and, yeah. We're gonna get caught and never went back. How the goddamn hell are you gonna prove that was you? Here's a picture of me putting the beer where you said it was. Yeah. I knew there'd be a whole thing called the internet in about 30 years, so I made sure I had a proper post all set up with a photo of me putting the beer in here and a little video of could you imagine 30 years ago what sort of technology would be required to put together 
what you could just do on your phone on Instagram right now? Well, 30 years ago, people still went to the library. <laughs> you want to hide anything, you leave it on the middle of the floor in the library right now. I guarantee it's going to be low visibility. Like imagine a place where all these books are. <laughs> you mean they're not on my phone? No, you actually pick them up and read them. You pick them up? What? You mean you have to touch them? You have to go there to a place? Yeah, that's a COVID, uh, COVID hotspot right there, right? Listen, nobody with COVID is going to the library. Yeah, nobody's going to the library. Period. Yeah, I have a library within walking distance, and it was awesome for the kids because they have all these like story times and stuff. And they can't even goddamn do that. Can't even. It's always uh, yeah. Can't even. Damn, can't damn, damn, damn. Well, you know what? This is almost. This is pretty close to. What the hell was the guy in Colorado? The gold stash that they recently just found. Oh yeah, the uh, what's this? The gold, the um, his treasure. The treasure. This is pretty much the same thing. The Ham's treasure is sort of the same as the million dollar gold treasure. The Fen treasure, the Forest Fen treasure. Forest Fen. There you go. This is like the Forest Fen of beer. (laughs) (laughs) Forest Ham. That's probably the first guy. You know, the owner's name, right? Horace Ham. Horace Ham. Oh, you know, looking at that now, they have a picture of the treasure chest found. Pretty goddamn sweet. Let's get into the Genjula. Sure. As I vape a little. (laughs) Uh, Vaping linked to risk of COVID-19 in teens and young adults. So they're saying vaping... Now, of course, you have to extrapolate this from people that are thinking, I don't know if this was actual testing, but like, whatever. So they said they, they collected data, but they're saying they're estimating that a five to seven times increased risk of COVID um, is suggested by their study right now. I'm thinking it's because people sharing stuff. You'd have to think that's the reason, right? You know, it's it's almost like you're making out with someone with COVID. Yeah. So uh, the way they collected this this stuff seems like trash, but whatever. They're saying if they experience COVID-19 symptoms in the past 30 days, have been tested or diagnosed with the disease. Um, so they were asked if they use vaping devices and whether they had smoked in the past 30s and if they experienced symptoms. So uh, they're they're saying that they said people that use both cigarettes and e-cigarettes in the previous 30 days were 4.7 times more likely to experience COVID-19 symptoms among people tested who use just e-cigarettes were five times more likely uh, to get a COVID-19 result. So, of course, they come at the end. They say the study cannot prove that vaping, vaping caused COVID nineteen. Of course, dumbasses. But they're saying that vaping involves a repeated touching of hands to the mouth and face, which is sp- associated with the spread. So that's where they're linking it to potentially. One thing too, saying that that you know, if you are healthy and active and outside, you're more likely to be to fight it off. If you're someone who's inside, like get it. they're saying that you would get it more likely. Also, too, what if someone who's always inside and just smoking and vaping? Well, just think of the nature of a vape, right? So you carry it around, put it in your pocket, 
you vape, you put it in your pocket, you're constantly taking it out and putting it down, right? You're not unwrapping it. You're not wrapping it up and putting it away. Like it's, it's kind of like, it's not really sanitary to begin with. It's not sanitary to begin with. So the fact that if COVID's around, yeah, you touch something, you touch your vape pen, it has the COVID on it and you put it to your mouth and boom, you're infected. So that's where I see, but I didn't think you needed to do a whole study to find that out. So it's the key to have like sanitary vape drones come down. Like imagine a drone drops down right to your face. You take a puff and then it just flies away and goes and sanitizes and then comes back. I like that. I like drone vaping. I think we haven't really explored how many possible awesome things could be done with drones. Even better. Drone comes down. You don't puff. It just puffs air into your face. It puffs that weed into your face. It's almost like a weed fart. That's right. Weed farts in your face. Weed, <laughs> weed fart drones. Wasn't that like a Snoop song? Weed farts in your face. <laughs> weed farts. Probably. <laughs> Sounds like one. Off the dog father. Or Dave Chappelle. It could be a Dylan song. <laughs> Dylan song, yeah. Up, up a crump. Up a crump. <laughs> but think about it. If you carried a pen around all day and you were putting it in your mouth, that's not, that's not, you know, you could really get sick from that even before COVID, right? So the vape is probably the same thing. So now you're talking about possibly an opportunity for a product to come out like a vape sleeve where you can have it on you and you put it in your safe vape sleeve. Like a vape condom. Vape condom. Oh, vape condoms. Vondoms. Vondom. Excuse me, you're smoking the vape with the condom on it. Well, yes, of course. Who doesn't? I practice safe vaping. Safe vaping. Well, because you have the tip, that tip, you know, you're putting your mouth just on the tip. Just putting that tip in your mouth there, sir. And where has that been? In your pocket, on the floor? People put them on the table. It's like some of the tables are gross. People keister them too. They keister them. Just saying. That's how you get coronavirus. That's how you get corona. That's how you get dengue fever. You get whatever the else is out there. Ebola. What do we got? Oh, did you hear tonight? I heard uh, somebody tried killing Putin. Russia, like it's just thug life over there. Oh, they fucking trying to kill him. No, like, no, it's his opposition leader. It says Putin opposition leader Alexei Navalny uh, is oh, in a coma after poisoning. Oh, so Putin poisoned him. Allegedly, perhaps we didn't say that. No, we didn't say. <laughs> we would listen. Comrade Putin is a wonderful man. He's a fantastic hockey player. <laughs> He's a chronic poisoner. Allegedly, perhaps He's a chronic poisoner. I loved how last week you see that Russia was saying they had like a coronavirus vaccine. Oh, like, oh yes. Vaccine. Let it go. Putin's like, we gave it to my daughter. Uh, <laughs> they actually said that he gave it to his daughter already. Really? Yeah. And it's funny because the article also said that Putin rarely acknowledges that he has kids. Jeez. And meanwhile, his daughter was a guinea pig. She was tied down. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you know how the belief that he's everything in Russia is his. So anybody in Russia could be his daughter. I have other cure, but I give that to my enemies. It's cool. <laughs> like a fucking they kill him. They go on the yeah, he's freaking fighting for his life. He's poisoned. Also, Putin was all right. Putin's, poisoned. <laughs> Putin's opposition leader. Damn. He's like, I think I'm lo- losing election. I poison them. That's fucked up. That's I'm not cool. saying poisoning politicians is a good idea, but eh, not a terrible idea. Let's be honest. Hey, if I'm a politician, if I'm if I'm a rich guy, 
just in general, I'm having somebody taste all my stuff, but like you taste it. I'm waiting 15 minutes before I eat. <laughs> Not a bad idea. Not a bad idea. So since we're still hanging out in the gondola, got one more, uh, another story in here. If you're an investor trying to make a couple bucks here off of weed, saying cannabis industry is readying for mergers and acquisitions after COVID-19 boosts weed demand. Oh, yeah, I could see that. After a year, nearly a year of next to no deal making, cannabis companies are gearing up for mergers and acquisitions as realistic stock valuations and the prospect of U.S. legalization attract buyers to a sector that has been decimated by oversupply and other issues. It just goes into talk about some of the big companies like Afria, which is one of Canada's biggest. You got Canopy, which is another one of Canada's largest, yeah. which is owned by Corona Beer, uh, maker Constellation Brands. And they're saying that a lot of these smaller companies could get gobbled up as these bigger companies are looking to grow and expand. I don't know the exact number at this point, but there are several states that are looking to legalize in November. Yeah. And I, I said this, I've been saying this for months now. I feel like legalizing cannabis in the U.S. could be not quite a silver bullet, but could be huge in terms of getting people back to work. If they could just legalize it, all the requirements, the seeds to sale, there's so many pieces of the puzzle. If yeah. they want to get people working ASAP, legalize weed and get these people jobs. Yeah. I mean, at least you could leave it up to the states to make it, but federally they should legalize it. You would save a lot of money. It would just be easier. You'd have a real industry. Um, I don't know. I think, I think what's going to happen is if you get some big investors into cannabis and they start consolidating this, it's going to be, now they're going to start having lobbyists. They're going to get into the politicians. And then, you know, I don't trust any politicians. I hear some the people are like, oh yeah, so-and-so's for weed or they're for this legislation. You know what? You saw that in your own state. How did that work out? First hundred days going to legalize what is it? Has that, it's been what, four years now? There's been no legalization? Three goddamn years. Is- yeah. It's, uh, they're all full of shit. They all talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. Until you put something, some bill down, and and have some meat and potato, you know, some meat behind that. Don't talk about it. It's just it's bullshit, and it's just a blind promise because it's been blind promised for years now. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, even when they pass it, we had that whole we bunch of rants where we talked about you know it's passed, and then they still delay it for like a few years before they. Yeah. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So I don't hear any politicians say that they're. They're pro weed or they may make it happen. That's all bullshit. You're all full of shit. If you want to listen to that bullshit, then you're an idiot because you should really get some, not just promises. You, you need to get something in writing from these people. We would never tell you to poison politicians, but it seems yeah. to be working for Putin. Do you take the, you know, do you take the weed or the poison? I don't know. Choose your poison. Choose your poison. That's right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up the old trip to the gondola. Let's go to ski news. So like we said earlier, originally we had a couple stories about what to expect during the ski season. 
We're not talking about those now. It's still it's August. Still too early. Yeah. Still too goddamn early. Trying to find some interesting stuff going on here. Saw a great story in Powder Magazine. And we've been talking about this for a couple months. It looked like it was going to happen. They're not going to happen. But now it's going to happen. Saddleback Mountain in Maine will reopen after five-year closure. Wow. Really, really cool. Located in the lakes. The maniacs are going crazy. They are going crazy. They, that's good ski news. Located in the Lakes District of Western Maine, Saddleback Mountain is going to open this season for the first time in five years. Back in 2015, Saddleback was scrambling to find the funding required to update their 51-year-old Rangely double chair that provided the main access from base lodge to the summit. Ultimately failing to find the funding in time, the main ski resort shut its doors. So within those last five years, there was a bunch of deals back and forth. Some fell through, just didn't work out. But in January of this year, it was acquired by Arcteris, a Boston-based economic impact firm, whatever the hell that means, that targets underserved rural and urban communities for investments that further positive social outcomes. That's quite a mission statement. Uh, They bought it. Uh, which bought the mountain for six and a half million. That's nothing. That's jump change. Seriously. So they plan to pump in millions more, supporting infrastructure projects like a new high-speed Doppelmayr quad chair that will replace the Rangely double chair and triple uphill capacity. They will also fund a solar farm that will power their snowmaking equipment for years to come. Super cool. They're saying it's built largely from scratch. They have huge potential uh, for investment, highly dedicated staff, and they're focusing on people and community, which sounds super utopic, but they're, they have big plans, and so far they've started to implement them. I'm super psyched to check this place out. Uh, once it finally gets up and running. I think they said that the lift might take them the year to get in place, but they're yeah. doing lots of work. They're dumping a bunch of money into it. So here's here's one of the interesting things about this. They say they're, the market's changing and may benefit the small resorts, which is where they're, they see the sweet spot now, but they're actually trying to do it not as a multi-million dollar resort, but as just a, like a regular resort as they grew up in the past, which is kind of neat to, to do in today's day and age. Um, I think with the technology, like if, if you did have the, the right effort, I think you definitely, what they're doing there will work and may even be better than some of the big multi-million dollar resorts because they can do things that multi-million dollar resorts may not do, uh, especially for a smaller mountain or, you know, a lot of those big, you know, crazy expensive places, they need to get a certain number of people in there every day. They got to sell yep. so many sweatshirts. They got to sell so many $25 burgers. The smaller places, they don't have all that overhead. They don't have all that nonsense that they have to pay for. So they put that money back into that resort, not, hey, you know, we got this money, but we got a, a more profitable. Let's put more money over there. It's just the one resort. And you know what? They can focus on the skiing and boarding, the stuff that skiers and snowboarders care about, you know, terrain, lifts, 
And you know what? The lodge, eh, as long as you can go in there, grab a quick bite or something, like that's all that matters, you know? I know I don't really care about having a million dining options. I just want to get in, get something quick, get back on the, on the slopes. That's the most yeah. important thing. Well, look at Magic Mountain, right? That's a perfect example. The place is perfect. Yeah. Not a big corporate, but nice and, yeah. Yep. It always comes back to magic. It always comes they just, back. They just have a beautiful formula and a, they're in a great spot. So this will be cool. So I'm excited for the Saddleback Mountain and I hope everything goes well this summer and hopefully we can get a chance to check it out. Yeah. I plan on uh, throwing my net a little wider in the area that's drivable this this year, but hmm. we shall see. Yeah, I'm still in the flyable range and I've actually actually kind of put a deposit on a trip to Europe. So we'll see. See oh. if that happens. If you're allowed. If I'm allowed. I mean, who knows? I can't even go to Canada right now. So me thinking about going to Europe is very lofty. So it's totally refundable. So that's why I booked it. I did a something on it. So speaking of Europe. Speaking of Europe, it was announced today this is breaking news. FIS Alpine World Cup has been decided to remain in Europe. Wow. So this is, yeah, where's the, wah, wah. so you're getting a lot of use out of that sound effect machine today, aren't you? Well, I was really looking at it today because I have two buttons that I was using. I'm like, hey, what do these other buttons do? Because I always forget. So I got that one right. <laughs> sorry, so, Killington. Sorry, Killington. So, to run. Yeah. So this is going to affect, um, killing. It's going to affect North America. So there's like Killington, Lake Louise, Alberta, um, Beaver Creek or else. I know those are the big ones, but, um, I know Michaela Schifrin, uh, she was in the news today too, talking about it, how she was a little disappointed, but you know, for people from North America, you know, they're going to have to be away from home a lot. Cause that, uh, World Cup circuit isn't isn't easy. I mean, you're on the road going from place to place, so um, it'll be interesting. But yeah, they've de- they've made that decision, and uh, men's and women's calendars will be um, will be changed. So uh, definitely have to change plans again. Not not great to hear, especially during this time of being locked down. Everybody wants to hear that they'll be able to get out again. Uh, so just going to have to watch out for when they open stuff back up. So sucks. Yeah, it really does suck. Cause I know up at Killington, you know, they've been doing it for, I believe four years now and it's yeah. been such a runaway success. I mean, it's, it's getting bigger it's every year. It's gotten bigger every year. Yeah. better every year and you know you're starting to develop and i just think with these little kids who now have the opportunity to see these world-class skiers live in person you know they're, they're losing out on that and yeah. i think this was the last year they they had it under contract to to be the host for that event what's going to happen next year like are things going to get better like my yeah. sunshine up your asses belief it will i hope it does i hope it gets it's way better. I hope next year looks more like last year than this year. Yeah. But you know, like it, it, about qualifying, right? So people trying to qualify, they might've been counting on those specific races to, to qualify for stuff. So it's, you know, the Olympics are coming in a few years. So it's, you know, 
Well, that's who, and all, I mean, think about all the people too, or Killington itself, because of the success they've been seeing with this event. I know they have been spending generously, both in upgrading the the lodge, the K one lodge, and all the other lodges and the area around it, the mountains. People probably buying you know real estate and properties to rent it out during that week and season. I mean, it, it's such a trickle down effect. The restaurants, the hotels, the bars, the it's of the season too, you know, right at the yeah. beginning of the season, just boost everything up and and it's Thanksgiving weekend, like it's like it's it was just so perfect. The yeah. timing, the events, the location, like there were so many great things about it. And you know, it sucks too for Lake Louise and it sucks too for you know Beaver Creek, but I know Killington. I mean, they were having record crowds there after not having an event there in what, like 30 years or so. Yeah. So, uh, you know, there really is nothing this year that is safe from just not being shat on. Like, it, it seems like everything, every event, every type of business, job, hobby, everything, like everything is like nothing is safe. <clears throat> yeah. So this does suck. And this just came out today. Like we're recording this on Thursday, August 20th. This just came out this morning. And I know we retweeted it. Like you mentioned, Michaela, she posted a nice video kind of showing her reaction. And you know, she's obviously bummed because it was like a homecoming for her. I mean, that had to be yeah, just so cool having all those people. I mean, she knew so many people in that area and having them all come out and the whole country kind of cheering you on. Cause you know, as an American skier, I mean, how many events do you have? You get that's it. Yeah, that's, and then you're in Europe traveling around skiing. You're in Europe, yeah, you're just a, you're a goddamn foreigner doing their sport. That's right. Weren't they saying? To, I think we had an article or a story, I don't know, last year or earlier this year, where they were saying how they were the ski media was pissed off at Michaela Schifrin because she was taking all the the competition. Yeah. Away because she kept winning. Just kept winning, just yeah. doing, just being the best. You want to be the best, you got to beat the best, right? Europeans hate winners. That's right. That's why they hate America. Because all, all we do is win, win, win. Back to back World War champs. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> That's like some t shirt. I didn't make that up. Back to back. <laughs> back to back World War champs. I don't know how our future's looking. These are things are, uh, yeah, really not a whole lot of all in this together mm. that we're experiencing now. We'll be fine. We'll thin out the herd. It'll be okay. Putin's going to try to poison everybody. Putin's going to try to poison everybody. God damn. Don't drink those screen off ices. They could be painted. That was one hell of a bar. bar <laughs> day, right? Yeah. That's not an opera you want to have. No. All right. Next story is they're kind of a twofer. I think. You get the twofer. I'll I'll do the twofer. You do the twofer. I'll do the next one twofer because they they're attached. They're all got attached. two double doubles for you. <laughs> That's right. What do you think about that, Timmy? One, one of the most exciting. Oh, Timmy Hortons. Yes. Peace. One of the most exciting things about the end of the summer. That, there are several things that are exciting about it, but one of the things to me that I get excited about is always seeing the old Noah and old farmer's almanac predictions for the winter. One thing I said last year we should do this year, which we did not do, 
various reasons. I'm going to blame COVID because you know what? Everybody God, blame it. It's a goddamn ace of spades right now. Anything you got a problem with? COVID. COVID. Why don't you go to work? COVID. Why don't you do this? COVID. C-O-V-I-D. That's COVID, bitches. You know, it's COVID out there. It's COVID. Is- Mary, why don't you take out the garbage? You know, it's COVID out there. I don't want to get out there and get sick. Yeah. I can't find my mask. Where's my mask? Dude, you've been playing a lot of video games. COVID. <laughs> so one of the things we wanted to do last this year, before last year, was to look at all of the predictions for snow and cold and see how closely they matched up. I'm sure somebody way smarter than us has already done this, but we want to put our twist on it. We don't do it this year. They matter. But I, I think that'd be kind of cool to be like, okay, hey, last year, Farmer's Almanac, 80% accurate. Noah, 70%, blah, 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 50%. And do that over a couple of years, chart it out, see who's shown the closest to accurate predictions. Because that would really help. If you saw one who's always getting it right, you would always look to them for, hey, next ski season, I'm going to plan my trips. I'm going to look at their winter predictions and base my traveling based on what they're saying. Yeah. Noah, right now, they have their September, October, November forecast. Still kind of early. Not a lot. We're not doing too much skiing October, November, depending on where you are. But they are saying that it's looking like a lot of above average temperature for the next three months. I mean, pretty much everywhere. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're looking at this map here and pretty warm looking. The pretty, the most above average areas are looks like Connecticut and Massachusetts, as well as. Utah, Colorado, Arizona, Nevada. So two, two of the bigger ski areas seem to be in the most above average temperature range for the next three months. Mm. Again, it's, it's the next three months. This is not all of ski season. Noah, it's not perfect. Farmer's Almanac. That's when things get a little more interesting because they're they're looking at the whole winter weather forecast. They got like some hidden proprietary algorithm that they do. I don't know. They do like witchcraft to figure this shit out. But they have Ben Franklin's original weather prediction formula. Oh, that's what it is. It's Ben's magic. Dude, that guy, Ben Franklin was so far ahead of his time. it, It boggles the mind. Like, you know those memes now? They're like, you're living in 2020. This guy's living in 3030. Like, that was Benjamin Franklin. He was so far ahead of the game. Damn. So the Farmer's Almanac, they're looking at winter 2020, 2021 U.S. There is a big swath. Most of Montana, excuse me, part of North Dakota Big Sky Jackson Hole, I'm seeing it, are going to be powder. No, Jackson Hole is further west in Wyoming there. It's pretty much Montana, eastern Wyoming, eastern Colorado into New Mexico, which is probably like Taos. They said that's it's snow time. That's the jackpot spot right there. But also, they're saying it's snow time, eastern New York, western Mass, Vermont, New Hampshire, Maine. 
So those look like they're the they're the honey spots right there. So New England and most of Montana, a little bit of Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico. Other spots? Northern Michigan, too. They're saying snow dumps. Snow dumps in northern Michigan. The glove part and the peninsula part. Both big dumps. Big dumps. Big dumps. Other spots, north, the northwest, Pacific Northwest, says wet, you bet. The big areas, Colorado, Utah, Idaho, Jackson Hole, part of Wyoming. It says snow pelting, then melting. Hmm. I don't even know what that means. If you are in the mid-Atlantic, PA, Virginia, Jersey, they're saying sheets of sleet. Damn. And Florida, gorgeous. Gorgeous in Florida. Gorgeous. Sunshine State, gorgeous. Again, grain of salt. I, I don't know. Did you see the Canadian weather map? Dude, it's just, it's just a jackpot everywhere. The Canadian weather map is like, you can't lose. It's just be like eggplant emoji times five right next Holy to it. Crap. It's either cold as fuck, which it always is up there, yeah. but they have that one thing just above our Midwest that's just like, they call it the snow train. Get on board, son. So I'm thinking, you know, Tremblant. I think Tremblant's on the list for the ski club this year. Oh, um, really? Yeah, I think that they're finally going to Tremblant after I leave there and say, hey, why don't you guys go to do a trip to Tremblant? Because it's really close. It's not that close, though. You're passing a lot of good stuff to get to Tremblant. Well, yeah, exactly. But it's a That's new place that you can go, and it's it's not too bad. It's not too bad. But again, I've been there, too, and I, I think it's a lot of fun. You just have to look at for the distance you're traveling and what you're passing to get there. Yeah. Is that worth it to you? And again, once to try it out, million percent. Definitely yeah. worth checking out. It is pretty cool. But you got to think if you're coming from the New York, New Jersey area, just the crowd you're going to hit there. Cause you should think you drive seven, eight hours. Oh, no one's going to be there. I got away from the crowd. It's like, uh, you're kind of next to a major metropolis with Montreal there. Yeah. Well, from where I was um, in Jersey, it was three and a half to Montreal and about four and a half to an extra hour or two. Is that hours. it? Yeah. It's sure? It was not bad. I, I went up was- that one time and we went to Montreal. Montreal was easy. And then there's traffic getting out of Montreal. Actually, getting up there, there was no traffic to Montreal and no traffic to Tremblant. Tremblant's like 45 minutes from Montreal and it was about three and a half from Wayne, because I was right there off the the interstate. You just basically take that all the way up, comes the throughway, and straight run. You're on the same road, basically. Yeah, I feel like it was at least six hours. I yeah. did it. Where did you leave from, though? From Hoboken. From Hoboken? Dude, it's saying from my house right now, it's eight hours to Tromblant. What? It's 500 miles. There's no way. I'm saying Montreal. Oh, okay. Well, still, I think... So if you left the Willowbrook Mall, it would take you seven hours to get to Tremblant. No. I'm looking at Google Maps right now. Oh, five and a half hours. Okay, so it wasn't three and a half. It was five and a half to... From so me. Montreal. 
to Montreal and then another, another hour, hour and a half. 45 minutes. That wasn't that, that long. long. It depends on traffic. But do you kind of look on the map and you look, okay, you're passing everywhere in Vermont. You're passing Lake Placid. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff you're pass, passing. Hunter, you're passing a lot of stuff to get to, to Tremblant. Yeah, but, you know, it's always cold there and there's F snow. Just saying. It, it gets super cold up there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, not saying you shouldn't go. I'm just saying it's... There's other considerations to be made. But, yes, according to uh, Farmer's Almanac, Tremblant will be on the snow train this year. It's looking like most of Alberta... Southern Saskatchewan, Southern Manitoba, almost all of Ontario and like Southern Quebec are just going to get pounded by the snow train. Yeah. There's a new resort opening in Quebec, isn't there? A new ski area. Is there really? Yeah. Didn't they, we cover something on that recently? Thought there was. Hmm. Maybe we did. We cover so much information here. It's hard to keep track. Hard to keep track. And we don't fact check. So we just, just keep talking. No. So we do. We're very we're a very jazz podcast there. That's right. We're scatting and bebopping. Skitting and scaffing and riffing. That's all we do. The flipping and the flopping and the bipping and the bopping. So speaking about a place that you pass going from <laughs> Jersey all the way up to Montreal. Um Beautiful. pretty good nice to ski. Uh wonderful J Peak in Vermont. So if anybody doesn't remember or doesn't doesn't know if they're they're listening to us for the first time. Welcome. Uh, Thank you for listening. That's right. Uh J Peak is a ski resort with a ice rink and a freaking water park in the hotel. It's and amazing. The shittiest gondola. And the shittiest Jeez, gondola. Yeah. Um, but they get a shit ton of snow and they have great tree skiing. So I gotta say it's worth the trip. Um we had, that's, we had a, that's I would say that trip is way worth way more than uh, going to Tremblant. Yeah, it it depends what you're what you're able to do and what you're looking for. Because if you want to hit Montreal, you know it's a nice little city, so it depends. But J Peak was there's a big scandal a few years ago, and J Peak was I guess they're in bankruptcy now or something, and they're trying to settle everything and uh but they're still operating uh it's still a great place to go skiing uh but queros was the uh what's his first name ariel queros he was the shady guy uh, name was he the owner at the time or the the person running it uh i think he was a person running it but he was a former ceo uh, that was a different guy oh it was a different guy. so he was, I know he was involved with setting up the EB5 investment projects, which if anybody doesn't know EB5, if you're a foreign investor and I think you have to put in more than $500,000 with the, for, you know, to fund a project that's going to create more than a certain amount of jobs, then they'll actually give you citizenship to the U.S. Uh, conditional on that being the project being completed. So this guy was using that that program to get investors and then was using that money to pay for current projects and just kind of skimming money. Like the, it was basically he was a Ponzi scheme is a Ponzi scheme. So he's taking money now to pay for projects that were already underway and just basically having to constantly get more money flowing in to pay for the current project. So it was a Ponzi scheme. Um, and 
it was labeled that because the, um, the, who is it? The, uh, regulates the stock market, SEC. SEC. Yeah. Uh, they, they found out and basically, cause he was using, uh, stock funds and this whole complicated thing. But anyway, he got busted and he pleaded this last week to, um, he pleaded guilty and he faces eight years in jail now. So eight years in jail. And I forgot how many millions of dollars, but it was pretty big. Uh, so that kind of screwed JP really badly. Um, so they're saying he attained approximately 85 million plus approximately 8 million in administrative fees from 190, 169 immigrant investors for a project. Jesus. So he would do stuff. He's raising a lot of money for these upgrades. And uh, I tell you what, the place is pretty nice, uh, except for that stupid gondola. Um, the tram always freezes up. The tram. Yeah. So that's that with, with there. So at least they're closing the book on that. And then this week, something else came up. And I don't know if this was a shakedown for part of what was going on. I guess they started looking into the books probably. And there's another J peak worker uh, who was accused of embezzling over $125,000 from the company is set to enter a plea deal. So, um, well, I was sent to enter a guilty plea. So Sarah Ovit pleaded guilty to federal wire fraud charge, um, where she was, I guess, alleging the, the charges alleged she, she embezzled more than $125,000 from the ski resort while she worked there. So they had a lot of problems at Jay peak. Um, nobody was watching anything. So yeah, it's weird how, I mean, other places are bigger than Jay peak. Why is this such a, why are there so many bad things happening there? Well, it's really weird. So there was a scandal down, I don't know if it was Florida or I think, I thought it was Atlanta, but there was a huge church, like a Baptist, I think it was Calvary church. They're, they're huge, uh, big Baptist thing. And some lady got found out embezzling a whole bunch of money. And the only reason they found out was because there was a new head of that church was coming in and wanted to do a whole rundown of all the books before he came in. So while they started looking and doing audits that they probably never did properly before, they found out, hey, there's this money missing. And then all signs pointed to the this person, and they found out, yeah, they embezzled all this money. So I almost... That $50,000 check to Clarence Beaks every week. Huh? <laughs> That's right. So <laughs> if there's more of this going on, it's just people don't either they don't have to, or they don't properly do audits to check what's going on and, and catch this stuff. So um, it's pretty interesting to see, like, you know, you, you think it's, it's bad already and then it gets worse where, Oh yeah. You also had somebody embezzling all this money. So yeah, yeah it's somebody's uh, doing a Ponzi scheme while somebody's doing a, a, you know, embezzling. So do they, do they know what's going on and don't say anything to each other or like, you know, what the hell's going on? Yeah. Here's a couple bucks in your pocket. Keep your mouth shut. All right. Yeah. You're a good kid. You're a good kid. Good kid. You got a future as long as you shut your trap. Shut your fucking mouth. Yeah. <laughs> Don't make me get out the goon hand. <laughs> get out the goon. I'll put you on the top of that goddamn tram. That's right. That's why that guy who was there banging the ice off of it. That's what happened to him. That's right. Didn't keep his fucking mouth shut. Didn't keep his mouth shut. How'd you end up on the tram? Top of the tram. Okay. Another horrible accident where someone fell off the top of the tram. Damn. Man, I saw that guy. He jumped off. He was tired of being up there. 
<laughs> Crazy. All right. That wraps up the old ski news. So we're talking skiing. We're talking about Jay Peak. One of the interesting things about Jay Peak is over the last couple of years, people have been wondering what pass is Jay Peak going to become part of? Mm-hmm. Just God knows you got to be part of a pass these days. Yeah, that's you can't just be standalone, it seems, right? Or can you? Mm-hmm. One of the nice things is there have been very different types of passes that have been coming around the last couple of years. So we decided a lot of them are going to go up in price after Labor Day. So why not we just throw out a bunch of the pass options that are available so people can figure out if they haven't yet, which one they want to get. I'm going to throw it out there. Which one would I get if I got a pass? The goddamn heli pass. We talked about a few weeks or months ago. I think probably months ago at this point. The unlimited heli.life pass. I think it's $100,000, but it gets you unlimited heli skiing. They said if you did it right, I think you could get like 200 some days in hella skiing if you had that pass. That's pretty good. And there's got to be a way you can parlay that. Think about the the networking opportunities. Maybe you're going to do like a movie. You're going to film your experience doing this much hella skiing. You create your own ski movie, get enough sponsors, get enough you know sales, pre-sales from people going to watch the movie. You could pay for your hella pass doing it that way. That's true. Right? That's true. Yeah. That's a good pass. But that's a really good pass. But, uh, yeah, that's hard to beat. But I do like the gold pass. Ah, the good old gold pass. The gold pass is just, it seems like there's no downside to it. So, if anybody doesn't know the gold pass, the gold pass is the USC ski and snowboard as part of one of the donation options. You could buy an ultimate lift pass. Their gold pass is what it's called. Um, no blackout dates over 200 resorts that throughout the U S um, including, I don't know why they say including park city, uh, mountain, Aspen, Telluride, Mammoth and Killington. Like they're in the U S right. So why would they be labeled out? But uh, I guess there's, Maybe that one time they weren't. Also, um, Mountain Creek and Gatlinburg. Boom. So basically, you get to ski anywhere in the U.S. Uh, unlimited days, 34 states, no blackout dates, fully transferable. So you can actually loan your pass to your friends and family and coworkers. That's pretty That's sweet. Bad. That is pretty awesome. So if you're a company, you could say, look, man, I'm going to buy like five of these pa- or 10 of these passes. And then whoever needs them, you just sign them out say where you're going and then return them, you know, not bad. Uh, exclusive perks, including VIP tour of us ski and snowboard, uh, facility in park city, uh, at tax benefits. So when you buy this pass, there's a portion of it that's actually tax deductible because it's going towards the U S uh, ski and snowboard team. So Mario, uh, what you're telling us is that we're losing money. If we don't buy this, dude, I'm losing a lot of money. I'm not, I'm un-American by not buying this pass. You're this just is. a goddamn filthy communist. If you don't buy this P 
pissing me off. And I think we saw the price before, but they don't have the price on here because I, I don't think they want you to have a heart attack. It's one of those things like you got to reel them in slowly before they they don't want to yank it in and be like, here's the the amount of money you got to wait purchase. See, well, you got to sign in with Facebook or like uh, something if you press exactly. that button. They want to keep. I'm gonna say I already have an account. Do I have one? Damn it! Now. The nice thing is, after talking about the Heli Pass being over a hundred k, the price of the Gold Pass seems quite reasonable. What do you got? Isn't it like twelve thousand dollars? I think last time we looked at it, when they were showing it, it was like twelve, ten or twelve. Which, well, so why not just buy that's one Bitcoin? You buy ten of those and share them with with ten friends. You got an entourage. You got to change your way of looking at it. It's one Bitcoin. That's true. It just seems a lot cheaper when you say it that way. I think what you need to do is buy four. Because think about it. You rent a car, you're driving, there's four people in the car. Get a hotel room, four people in, right? Beds and couches. Easy. It's easy to split up by four. So you're telling me you're going to buy four $12,000 ski passes and you're going to share a goddamn bedroom? I'm not paying for, for the room. See, that's... I'll come with the pass. Everybody else provide all the other stuff. Ah, oh, that's see, that's. But you're gonna get that cheap bastard that's gonna be like, yeah, I know you let me use your pass for like you know hundreds of dollars. Like I got a fifty dollar room. You know what I mean? Like goddamn Motel Six, fifteen miles away from the ski resort. That's right. I know somebody. We know somebody that's like. Oh, we definitely do. <laughs> <laughs> Sons of bitches! It's like I'm giving you a twelve thousand dollars ski pass. Oh, there is a limited number of days, though. It says the gold pass may be used up to 50 days per season at each of the participating ski areas. So 50 so per, per area. Per area. So just saying you only, only get 50 days at each area. And there are only 450 available each year. Yeah. I love the pictures they show of the people with their passes. I'm like... These people are all rich AF. <laughs> like all these like just like rich looking broads who like, you know, married like old dying oil tycoons <laughs> wearing their, their gold pass. Like, oh, my God, he like so died. And I have like so much money now. Oh, yeah. They're like, I don't even ski. I just like to. So they are saying, OK, the best, though, is the vulgar display of wealth, like a little like three year old having one on. Yeah. <laughs> Little three year old running around. It's like, damn it. Yep. Click here. I want to reserve it. I mean, tax benefits. Once you get to a certain level of wealth, tax benefits are pretty important. You need those. They're very Seriously. important. That's why I think I was talking about it last week about getting a different passport, potential different citizenship. I've gone down a rabbit hole about trying to figure out how to do that. And it's so goddamn awesome. Like there's so many countries where you can buy citizenship. Buy it. That's Granted. like the, um, the, the Olympics. So they had, uh, what was it um, Qatar? They basically bought all their Olympians. So they bought out, like they went to, they wanted runners. So they went to get long distance runners. They got people from Kenya that were on like the Kenyan, like really long distance runners that were great. 
they basically paid them. They paid like um, trainers, the entire weightlifting thing. They, they let them grow beards and they actually gave them new names. It was, Vice did a whole thing that up. They gave them new, um, I guess, you know, uh, Middle Eastern slash Muslim sounding names and mm-hmm. they all have beards to kind of fit in, but they're all from like, you know, Germany, like um, Hungary, Hungary, like all these different places. And they, they worked with them. They basically said, Hey, we'll, we'll pay you money to be on the team and we'll get you citizenship. And they did it. They were like, boom, there you go. Magically done overnight. Please tell me the story's name was let's get catarded. Because <laughs> that would be fantastic. <laughs> Let's get started. So, unofficial networks has, and I think this might be where we originally saw it. Uh, I can't see the date on this, but they're saying it was ten thousand dollars. Okay, and this was two twenty twelve. Oh, dude, it's definitely gone up since then. So it had to go up. So I don't know if it's. Up a little, up a lot, but you know it's a lot because you can't even see the price until you sign up for something. When they don't put the God, it's like the old saying, like if you have to ask the price, you can't afford it. You can't afford it. See, that's the set. Like, why are you even asking? Dollar, dollar, bills, y'all. That's right. Damn. But I want to know. I think, I, I, I feel like I looked it up at some point this year and... 12,000 sounds about right to me. Yeah. But now here's another cool thing. Utah actually has their own silver and gold passes as well. Nice. So you could buy a Ski Utah gold pass, which is fully transferable for $5,300. Fully transferable? Fully transferable. All ski Utah participating resorts, no blackout dates, unlimited use. And you get parking privileges and summer lift access. That's actually a really good deal. Not terrible. There is a silver pass for ski Utah that is not transferable, but also no blackout dates, unlimited use. $3,500. And you get parking privileges and summer lift access. Huh. It's amazing once you start looking beyond Epic and Icon, how many other passes still exist out there. Oh, is that the one that goes all the way down to the Yeti Pass, which is like one ticket at 15 places? Oh, isn't like the Yeti Pass like... Wasn't that like uh, we talked to Annalise? Like that's like the thing that they're doing within Ski Utah. Yeah, they said for this season already. Yeah. Oh no, that's nineteen twenty season. So then, oh, that's for uh, kids. Never mind. Oh, it's for the kids. That one. It's a perfect companion for parents with kids participating in Ski Utah fifth and sixth grade passport program. And Colorado too has their own their own gold pass that applies to it looks like most of the Colorado ski resorts. It looks like Wolf Creek, not on this list though. Not on the list. You mean, you mean Wolf Creek's not selling out? 
Wolf Creek is not on this list. 21 Colorado Ski Country USA member ski resorts participate. A Basin, Aspen, Highlands, Aspen Mountain, Buttermilk, Cooper, Copper, Echo, Eldora, Granby, Granby Ranch, Hesperus, Knowlton Hill, Kendall Mountain, Loveland, Monarch, pa- uh, Powderhorn, Purgatory, Snowmass, Steamboat, Sunlight, Telluride, Winter Park, not Wolf Creek. Not Wolf Creek. Again, another pass. That's a Colorado gold pass. Damn it. That one's $34.50. Whew. So those are the some of the bigger, more expensive passes. All right, I found a site that has the price of the gold pass. All right, twelve grand. It says yeah, 12. twelve grand. Okay, that's what I thought. So twelve grand. So you got a hundred. It's a twelve grand donation. It's a donation. It's a tax. You get a tax break from that. It's not even real money. That's tax break money right there. Yeah. If, you're if you a just cash out your four hundred one k, you need to buy one of these to have some write offs, dude. If you're a Keynesian. It, it, there's no such thing as debt. It's just money you owe to yourself. It's okay. They no can't such get thing as debt. When you're dead, right? You can't Allegedly. take it and they can only take what you have. So if you have nothing when you die, oh, well, come come try to get it. I'm dead. Yeah. What are you going to do? Now, now, when we look at these passes, these Utah gold and silver, the Colorado gold, the Heliski, and the USA gold, you look at an Epic Pass or the Unlimited Icon Pass at around a thousand bucks. Those seem like pretty cheap passes at this point, don't they? A sheer bargain. Right? A goddamn steal. The Icon, their top level pass is 1049, which gives you no blackout dates, 43 unique destinations, 15 unlimited skiing, up to seven days at 27 destinations. They also have their Icon Base Pass, which has 14 unlimited resorts and five days at 26 destinations. Hmm. The Epic Pass, and then if you're also your nurse military college and get a discount, if you were a Icon Pass holder the year before, you get a $100 discount as well. And one thing that I think all the big passes definitely epic and icon are doing assurance like a a special insurance assurance yeah. insurance would you call it i don't even know insurance, like, insurance. yeah so if something happened, was really pissed off last year everybody was pissed off last year but this year they're saying like say you like we don't really know how the season's going to play out say you you Things get worse with Corona and a lot of places shut down or you are uncomfortable and can't go. Epic and Icon are both have assurances in place that you can get a refund or push it to next season without any sort of penalty. Right. And they let you push it far. It's like pushing it to not this, this, it's like to see, like they let you push it far, far down the road. Well, Icon lets you push it to 21-22. Right. One season out. Uh, Looking at the Epic Pass, so they have their their major their regular pass is nine hundred and seventy nine bucks, unlimited, unrestricted skiing. Then they have the local, and they have the day passes. They got a couple different varietals as well, but they have a similar 
assurance that, which is kind of cool. So say you lost your job, you could, you're protected against that. If you, get, nice. if you get injured, you're protected. Or if there are certain resort closures because of COVID or God knows what else could happen this year. Meteors, volcanoes, anything is possible in 2020. Hmm. They're going to allow you to, uh, to get a discounted rate. So personal coverage, job loss, stay at home order from county, state, country, injury, sickness, death, student transfer, pregnancy, visa rejection, jury duty, military service, visa rejection. transfer. You mean my credit card or my ability to get into the country? Yeah, right. You get a rejected then, visa. We'll we'll cover that. So then they have resort closure too between Thanksgiving and Easter, based you know which could occur from disease, like example, COVID-19, war, terrorism, natural disaster. So Epic has gone really all out to try to protect people in case any sort of possibility happens. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, you know, they got to think about it because everybody got slapped in the face with it last year that it's a reality that holy crap our season could be over not because you didn't have snow because there's a shit ton out there but because of this emergency i mean it was it was worldwide i mean yeah yeah for sure and a lot of places got affected it's it was staggeringly i think for me and for a lot of people it's 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 staggeringly hit you in the face because you're just unaware that oh my god this really could have happened you know like you talk about scenarios you're like yeah that's you talk about them bullshitting but you never think it really could happen and this year was like whoa this is a real deal we might might have snow but you can't ski goddamn oh, like I think I want about ski I want to see on the mountain. I think about some of my favorite weeks skiing this past season. And, you know, you, you think like, is any of anything that I did going to be possible again? You know, just your favorite apres ski plays, you know, your the gondola that you love traveling, the tram you love going on. Like, is any of that possible again? Yeah. It's just a little, it's, it's the potential is disheartening, but I think, we're going to find a way. I think these resorts are desperate to find a way. And I think people, at least at first are going to comply with any sort of possibly excessive requirements needed, whether it's some sort of mask or distancing or limited availability, but these resorts, man, I don't know. I don't know how financially capable they are of limiting the numbers in the way they they say they're going to and still remain profitable. Yeah, that's still remains to be seen, right? I have no idea. I don't know. I, you know, you always hear that these resorts always kind of operate on a shoestring budget. And now I think we're just going to we're, we're going to find out if that's true or not. Yeah, you're going to put it to the test. That's right. Feet to the fire. So those are some of the options you have. There are some smaller, less expensive options as well, which are awesome, like the Mountain Collective. Yeah, that's, that's a great that's a great pass if you only want to ski a couple days at a bunch of different places. Twenty three dream destinations, two days at each, hmm. and that's got you know Alta, Jackson Hole, Grand Targhee, Snowbird, Squaw Valley, whatever the hell they're calling it now. 
Tao's Niseko, Shamani. Like, I mean, it's all over the place. So one of the things that we liked about, we were talking about this before is like, it depends where you're going to go, right? Like, so if you're going to bop around um, and you do something like near Jackson Hole, you get Jackson Hole, Grand Targhee, um, you drive to Big Sky. That's not that far, right? And what was the other one that was near? It's not that close. Yeah, what is that? Five hours? Five hour drive? Take the old... Listen, you also said Montreal was four hours from you. Dude, I drive fast. <laughs> I drive. I'm driving to Canada. It's like we slashing. Speed's different in, in the U.S. You just drive fast. The whole conversion there with Canada. Yeah, and then you come back, you're like, oh, Miss Guzzi, I was still thinking I was in kilometers. <laughs> I said I could go 100, 100 kilometers an hour. I thought I could keep going 100. The big yeah. Sky is a seven. Oh, wait. Big Sky. Okay, so it's under four hours. Boom, see? I think Nick and Liz drove there after they we saw them in Jackson, right? I think that's why I thought it was like four. We have to get Nick on the podcast soon because he, we've talked about before, he put his money where his mouth is and he left the Chaz. He was, he was living in Chaz in Seattle. Yeah. Now he packed them up, packed the family up and now they're out in Pagosa Springs, Colorado or by Wolf Creek. Nice. Is he uh, working remote? He is. Nice. You know what? If, you get an opportunity and you don't take it. You're the only the you're the only one missing out. You got to take that opportunity when it presents itself. If you don't live on a vacation, like if you don't live in a vacation spot, it's you're just missing out. Hey man, I did. I just went to work. I said, you know, I'm probably going to quit if I can't transfer down to Florida. And they're like, all right, we'll try to find some way to do it. Yeah, do it when it's on. The, you're on the upside when everybody else quits. You're like, you know, I'm the only one left. But it's out there. You got to look for a way to get it. You work your ass off and get there, you know? Make it happen. And if they aren't willing to do it, then... Fuck them. There's always another job somewhere else. Yeah. Then you got to, you know, you lay low for a little bit. And then now during Corona, it's easy to say, just pick up and move. And be like, yeah, I can't come back into the office. I moved. Always an Uber driver. That's right. Right. Hey, my brother-in-law now is... is, uh, He's between jobs. He's doing um, Instacart. See? There you go. Go shopping every day. That sounds like fun. Spending money like crazy. So one other pass that we haven't talked about, and I'm actually probably going to pick this one up because I love everything that it's about, and I love one of the mountains that we always talk about, the Indy Pass. What's awesome about the Indy Pass, it's only 199 bucks. Hmm. Think about how many indie passes you could buy for the price of one U.S. gold pass. Ten. Yeah, but that gold pass. Yeah. Hundred. It, it's transferable, so you your goal would be to have that pass in in play at all times. Dude, that would be a great again another great documentary idea. Yeah, you buy that U.S. gold pass. And you have a certain group of people who you pass it along to and you film the adventures you have at the different resorts. Yeah. I would easily pay for one pass. And you just, like you said, use it for like, you know, you have, you just make a, a, like a, 
just kind of a, a nice agreement that you're not going to use it more than like five days and you're going to pass it along right away and see how many days you can get on that pass. Everybody films their adventure. That'd be kind of cool. What the hell was the name of that Denzel Washington movie where it was like the devil was like being passed through people? Oh, he was Beelzebub. It was um, time. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah, that creepy, creepy shit, the way he would say it like in a monotone. Yeah. Uh, that was a good movie. Oh shit, what was that? That was... um. But like that would be like the past. Like you'd be passing it off to somebody. Yeah. God, what the hell was the name of that movie? Someone's like freaking out. Like it's blah, blah, blah. fallen. That's what it was. Fallen. Yeah, so fallen angel. He was a uh, basically that's a devil, right? Fallen angel, right. Mm-hmm. something like that, or a demon, and walking with that was a good movie. That was a great movie. Yeah, it's freaky, but it was it was really good. Yeah, like Maybe that. Touch somebody and they, he'd be talking through them. There's that one scene where who's the guy that's chasing him? Was it uh there's the one did um Donald Sutherland is the one that's chasing him. Yes. And uh there's the one scene where he's staring at him and he touches somebody and he's having this conversation and he keeps touching somebody and they turn around and keep continuing the conversation. It was freaky. It was like a little girl. He touches like an old lady, touches a, a guy walking by. Yeah. And having this whole like uninterrupted conversation. Like it was freaky as hell, but it was really well done. Yeah, that was a good movie. Yeah. He's a fallen some- as a fallen angel Azazel. As a Azazel. Az- uh, Azazel. That's what it was. Azazel, Azazel. Azazel, yeah. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good movie. Well done movie. James Gandolfini was in it. Was he? Yeah. Give me the gabagool. Cool. Give me the goddamn gabagool. I was like, gabagool, Lou. Hmm. So nah, that could but- be your pass. But yeah, the indie pass. So that's, I, I like the indie pass. 199 bucks. And you get two days at each resort with limited blackouts, but most resorts will not have any blackout dates. It's only 200 bucks. And how many are on here? There's gotta be. So I'm looking at the Eastern resorts here. You got Cannon, Bolton Valley, Berkshire East, Black Mountain. You got Catalucci in New Hampshire or North Carolina, Catamount in New York, Magic Mountain in Vermont. Boom. Greek Peak in Cortland. Pat's Peak in New Hampshire. Gatlinburg. Gatlinburg, Mario. Gatlinburg. It's got to happen this year. Mohawk in Connecticut. Shawnee. Suicide Six in Vermont. I mean, for me right now with the, the weird kind of purgatory I'm in with having a new baby on the way and a little guy that I want to get on the mountain. This could be the pass that works best for me. So I think I'm going to pick, I mean, 200 bucks. That's bad. Just going to magic two or three times. It'll pay for itself. Yeah. You really got to look at like what your situation is. If you plan on any trips and lift tickets aren't included, you know, some of these passes could help save you money. If not, you get a break even on one trip. You know, like if you're looking at 
doing a seven day trip somewhere, let's say I don't know, Jackson Hole, and it's on one of these passes. You know, if you're going seven days and you're gonna you want to ski six, I mean that pass is probably gonna cost you five to six hundred bucks. So if you get one of these other passes, you get not only that, but maybe something else that you can ski um on another trip or or near where you live or something. So very important to look at that. And they they're making it easier with some of the comparisons, but it's just tough because there's so many different passes out there. Um and if you plan on staying in an area like like you were saying, Brian, you know, that that other one, it's pretty reasonable price for an area that you could probably drive to, maybe drive a little bit longer to, and you get your ski days in, you know. So uh I'm in a different situation. So I gotta look at, you know, do I even buy a pass or or just wait? Like, cause I don't know where I'm going yet and trying to figure out trips and stuff. So it's uh Definitely depends on, on what you're planning to do and what your situation is. So there's a lot of things to consider, but you know, there's some of these passes people may not know exist because yeah. everyone kind of thinks Epic icon, but there are a few more out there. And you know, if you're on a budget, something like an indie pass, 200 bucks, you know, you get, you know, it's two days at a resort, but also you get discounts if you go multiple days and there is a good number of resorts all over the country. So it's, it's nice to know these things exist and maybe worth at least looking into because you still have some time. Most of these passes are on sale now and will most likely go up in price after Labor Day. So you got a couple more weeks. Take a look, figure out what you want to do or at least have a, a, a general idea what you want to do and choose your passes accordingly. You know, just... Drop the money on G5 get the heli. and the gold pass and the heli pass. Get them all and just travel. Just travel. There's plenty of 0% interest credit cards. Just keep switching your account balance over every couple, you know, 18 months. And then, you know, eventually with the lottery. You can work till you die, but you're not going to have this time that, that you can ski or board. Just right your, your cartilage in your knees is drying out, you know. Your eyesight's getting worse. Dude, how about this? Your balls are shriveling up if you're a guy. Yeah, right. Buy gold pass. Ski all around the U.S. Everywhere. Totally on snowblades and monoskis. There you go. Boom. That would be... That would be... I need a... a, We got to talk to the people that did the Warren Miller thing. They got to chronicle that. Monopalooza. Monopalooza and baby ski palooza. Huh. We'll put the links in the show notes. If you want to check out the different passes, where uh, if you have any questions or thoughts, hit us up. Ski podcast at gmail.com. The ropes. I'll take this first one. Okay. Story. You know what? If it was a slower ski news week, we could have put this in ski news, but we decided to move it under the ropes. It's true. The quote unquote Jetson bill will allow flying cars to drive on New Hampshire roadways. The Jetson bill. The Jetson bill, they're calling it. They're saying that New Hampshireites won't be allowed to take off from their public roads, but the new law allows road registration of their flying vehicles. Hmm. For those not in the know, New Hampshire's state motto is live free or die. 
They are living their, free. Their governor has been kind of a little bitch about legalizing marijuana, which is funny because Massachusetts, Vermont, and Maine, the three states surrounding it, all have it legalized. They have not, but they have now come up with a Jetson bill, which allows roadable aircraft to drive on state roads. Hmm. Technically, they can't take off, but if there's a certain goddamn traffic situation and I got a goddamn flying car, you know what I'm not going to be doing? Sitting in traffic, bitches. I'm taking (laughs) off and getting the hell out of there and going to Loon and going skiing. Well, it says you're allowed to allow the aircraft to be driven from one's home to an airport. They didn't say what airport or the closest (laughs) airport. So you could take off from your home and go somewhere right to to ski it's like i was gonna go drive to the airport but instead i took off from the highway to go skiing and now i'm back en route to that airport oh you can't take off from a public road there's got to be certain situations where there's extenuating circumstances that would allow you to take off from a public road i would think well you could go off the road and take off from somewhere there so if you're on the shoulder, can you take off from there? What if you have a lawyer who is awesome and you're like, there was a guy behind me who looked like he was tailgating or was trying to kill me. So I thought for the safety of myself and my family, safety I have to take off. off. That's right. I would. What's the old saying? I'd rather uh, ask for forgiveness than for permission. Beg for permission. Yeah. There you go. Oh, I use that at work all the time. Just do it. We'll figure it out later. That's the perfect argument. Who's gonna who's gonna uh gonna counter that? And then you counter with the what happened was argument or the ipso facto. Ipso facto. You ipso facto it to something else. Okay. There's no there's no I way to argue ipso facto. Because you're the boss of everybody. So how, if I told them, how do you not know that this was going on? You ipso facto ipso facto, I told you. Yeah. <laughs> And then you can topsy turvy it. That's where you got to turn it around on them. You topsy turvy. And you quid pro quo. Quid pro quo. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) So this is terrifying to me because I can only imagine assholes that can't drive on the road as it is getting into a flying vehicle and fucking crashing into everybody on the road. Like, you think a pileup is bad now? Like, this is going to be like, hey, I got a flying car and I don't even know how to fly it. And I just fucking crash into people. Like, it's it's bad. This is bad. So I'm glad they passed the law, like, you know, waiting for it. But, you know, some whack job is going to come out with some flying car that doesn't work and somebody's going to crash all over. I saw they had a documentary of the flying car and they like they've been trying to create one. I think somebody got approval to make a production one, but they're not going to make any. <laughs> but I saw these tests of like when they were developing the, the first flying car and it was like a big fan that went up and they couldn't control it. So they had it tied with like a rope to a tether and the fucking thing was just going around this fucking yard or something. And I'm like, that is going to kill somebody. Like you told me you're going to put somebody in there and say, go ahead, drive around the neighborhood. Good luck with that. (laughs) With that. Holy shit. That's dangerous. But roadable aircraft can now drive on state roads. Yeah, so I guess that means if you have an airplane that can go 50 miles an hour and you safely, you know, with all the navigation shit, you drive it as long as you fold up the wings. Just fold up your wings. Take, these, up. take these broken wings and learn to fly again. Right. 
<laughs> All right, we got one more story. Mario Luna. All right, so this is my own backyard here. Um, the homeless man lived in Al Lang Stadium luxury suite for two weeks, police say. So the Rowdies are, the St. Pete Rowdies are the local uh, soccer team. I think they're MLS, but I'm not sure. They might be below MLS. Uh, but I was just saying before COVID hit to my now wife that we got to go to a game. Congratulations. Well, thank you. Uh, that we got to go to a game because the Rowdies games are supposed to be freaking awesome. And it's in downtown St. Pete, which has a nice chill vibe, a lot of good bars and restaurants and just, you know, a lot of people living down there. That's why St. Pete's a really cool place. Um, so the games get really kind of cool. Like it's, it's a really nice time and it's always kind of nice weather, especially at night, you know, get a nice night out. So with COVID, they closed everything down and this homeless guy snuck into the stadium. It's called Alang Stadium. And he got into a luxury suite and he just hung out there. So he was arrested when the cleaning crew uh, entered the room he was staying and found razors, shaving cream, um, blankets. Um, and they said they had not been in the room for some time because it was supposed to be empty and they, they cut down cleaning activity because they were like, you know, we don't have to clean that because the stadium's closed. Um, so they looked at the surveil surveillance video and he was entering the merchandise store and food area. Um, he was wearing the Rowdy's clothing. So basically he was shopping in there, just getting like all the clothing and just wearing that and just going to the snack shops um, in there, you know, the concessions and just eating and drinking and just kind of hanging out. So they're saying he took, uh, about a thousand dollars worth of clothes and consumed about $250 worth of drinks. So how long was he in there? They're saying, they saying only 250 bucks worth of drinks in two weeks. It was probably sodas. He probably wasn't getting hammered. What kind of, <laughs> that'd be so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he's just in there just fucking hanging out whatever they had there he's he's eating and drinking he's like all right it's better than peeing on the street now is that retail price 250 bucks that's like 10 sodas i don't know but now that leads me to believe why don't they since they're not using the stadiums why not open them up to all the homeless for right now right that's, that's a very charitable idea that's not a bad idea right Hey, give back to the community. You're a big stadium owner, then give back to the community. Let's use it for homeless housing temporarily. And once we get the homeless in there, then we can work on trying to get them into a regular scenario working and whatever. During Katrina, didn't they use the Superdome to store bodies? Yeah. Um, I don't know if it was just bodies, but I think they were doing, um, you know, food and, and stuff and shelter out of there too. So I think yeah. they use that for shelter. And now it's the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Yeah. I thought they, they had like, I thought they had it set up with like beds and stuff in on the field. So it's just like a big open shelter. Probably. Yeah. I can see that. Um, but yeah, you know, it leads you. So you're not using the stadium. All right. So he got in there. You know what? Good for him. I'm amazed that a homeless guy would be shaving that much. Hey, the last the last of his priorities, considering he's got all this unlimited food, drinks and merchandise. Yeah. Well, they, they have a picture of him. He doesn't look homeless. It's, he looks normal. Clean shaven. Well, obviously clean shaven. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's no before picture. Goddamn Rip Van Winkle. 
Man, he's in a luxury suite probably like, this is the fucking life, man. Dude, I've been in a luxury box once and I'm like, yeah, this is how the only way to watch a game now. Oh, you know, yeah, I went to the Jets box a few times and it was like, that was pretty nice. That was pretty sweet. It was a yeah, where I was too. Not it, too shabby. Not too shabby. I did not. It didn't suck. Let's put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, once you have that little taste of it, you're like, I can't go back. So maybe that'll be incentive for him to get back on his feet and be able to stay in the, the luxury box whenever he wants. Imagine this guy turns his whole life around because of it. He got to taste success. <sighs> That'd be sweet. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. But he got to taste it. He's like, I can't, I got to have that. I can't live without it. He's like, success is a drug. I need more success. All right. What do I have to do to get my life where I can just live in a luxury suite whenever I want? I'm going to start a strip club. That's boom. <laughs> there you go. Now he's got 12 luxury suites and he owns a football team. See? We're turning lemons and turn them into freaking lemon drop shots. Oh, wasn't there a stadium they're trying to name? Uh, the porn company wants to name the stadium. Brazzer Stadium. <laughs> The Brasler Bowl. <laughs> Bang Brothers. Bang Bros. Submitted a $10 million bid to own the naming rights for American Airlines Arena. I think I remember the story, yeah. Where the Miami Heat are playing. <laughs> $10 million. To think about that. So Bang Bros... Like, I don't even think they have a channel. What do they do? Just make films and they have like online presence? Like, I don't know. I don't know the whole in depth about the Bang Bros company. How the hell do Bang Bros make money? Like, who the hell is paid for Bang? Apparently, somebody's paying for them. How do they not make money? They're porn, right? So, who's paying for it? As much as porn is like, you know, you don't want to be in there. These guys are dropping $10 million for renaming. I'm like, to promote their business even more. They already have $10 million to drop on this. I'm like, it's like, the, the, like the Rick and Morty thing. Who the hell has a Pornhub account? It's like, well, <laughs> you know, it kind of gives you like better selections based on your previous <laughs> viewing history. <laughs> I got to look at Bank Bros net worth. Let's see. But isn't worth. that. They're saying $27 million is how much they're worth. That's a little aggressive, Bang Bros, to want to name a stadium. We only got $27 million. Yeah. Do I want to click on their Wikipedia site? Oh boy. Yeah, Wikipedia's probably fine. Wikipedia's probably all right. It's gonna be like a stream of dicks on Wikipedia. <laughs> I should have seen dicks on Wikipedia. Now I got it. Damn it. Can you imagine the cheerleaders in that stadium? Holy shit. Good lord. But like what a brilliant business idea. Like, hey guys, we're bros. Hey, we're bros. We're like banging, right? We're like banging. They were, we're bang bros. They were sued in 2005 for violating FTC adult labeling rule and they they failed to that requires commercial emailers of sexually explicit material to use the phrase sexually explicit in the subject line. So because they didn't do that, they settled the lawsuit for $650,000. Wow. Worth 27 million. Worth it. God damn. Well, if Bang Bros wants to rename something, they could rename us the Bang Bros Ski Bum Podcast. <laughs> Bang Bros Ski Bum Podcast. <laughs> Ski Bang Bros. We are we are bangable. 
Hey, we got wives. We got wives. We both have wives now. We bang. You, you created two kids. You bang. Oh, we bang. I bang. I can't get a hot little filly like that without banging. She bangs. I bring bangs. the. I bring the ruckus, Brian. I bring the ruckus <laughs> to the ladies. I bring the ruckus to the ladies. The ruckus has been brought in. We could be the ruckus bros. That's you gotta name your next child Ruckus. 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 That's a great fucking name, actually. That's a great name. That's a middle name. You want the ruckus in the middle. Yeah, because you know when they get old enough, they're like, you know what? I'm going by Ruckus. (laughs) Von Ruckus. Von Ruckus. (laughs) My name is Brian Von Ruckus the (laughs) third. Safety. This is a good day. Oh, I like that. Von Ruckus. That's Von a great Ruckus. goddamn name. I may, I may change my name legally to that. <laughs> Brian Von Ruckus. Brian Von Ruckus. That's going to get some looks. You know what? I don't have a middle name. I could add that in there. Mario Von Ruckus. Mario Von Ruckus. Montero. We're oh. the Ruckus Bros. The Ruckus. Oh, the Bang hey? Bros. The, the Bang Bros Ski Bum Podcast hosted by the Ruckus Brothers. Just the Ruckus Bros. We brings the ruckus. That's right. Damn. Ruckus has been brought in. Bang bros. Dude, I like Von Ruckus. That's a great name. I wonder if there's any Von Ruckus in the, in the, let's see, Von Ruckus on Facebook. You spell it R-U-C-K-U-S or R-U-K-U-S, right? I mean, it's got to be R-U-C-K-U-S. Oh, this is a wireless company. Ruckuswireless.com. <laughs> Like one of those like six dollar a month plans, like you know, like no service, like fifteen minutes. You gotta put like money in, like you know, coins in the phone or some shit, like something weird, something really ghetto. Like, <laughs> I got, yo, man, who's your carrier? Verizon, Sprint? No, man, I got Ruckus Alliance, bro. I got Ruckus Wireless. <laughs> ruckus Wireless, because I brings the ruckus. Yeah, JB Smooth, like doing commercials. Because um, I, dude, seriously, this. The commercials write themselves. Oh, did I tell you? I was like, I don't know. I was talking to, to Melly. We were walking around and I was started looking up people's net worth. And I was like, you know, fuck, we're going through these people. I'm like, fucking Larry David's got to be worth a lot of money. How He's much? Like a billionaire, isn't he? Like almost said, a billion? It said 2019. 950 million was his worth. I'm like, he's he's a billionaire. Holy yeah, shit. Pretty, pretty just, good. He can't not make money. Like the the guy's just swimming in money. Holy you look at him and it looks like a friggin' schlub. He's just a comedic genius. Dude, Mel Blank, uh, who is a um Mel Brooks was the same way. Comedic genius. Not great to look at, but hey, funny as hell. Nine hundred and fifty million dollars. And he drives a Prius. Yeah. He drives a Prius. No, he drove the uh the I eight. <laughs> and he, <laughs> he gave the girl he gave the girl the uh or the the BMW. BMW and he, and he got the fancy one and crashed it. Fucking into her. Into her. Dude, if I had nine hundred and fifty million dollars, I would buy like a Ferrari a week and just crash it. Be like, eh, I'll get a new one. Oh, there's like there's that's a lot of money. Like, what do you do with that money? Like if you have kids, right? You leave, them, you leave them some of it, but that's like so much money. You can't even leave it to your kids. I've been thinking a lot about leaving money to kids. And you know what? It just makes them assholes. That's you got it. You know, how many people who do you know who got inherited a lot of money who are awesome? 
They're usually dicks. They're usually like drug addicts. They usually suck. Yeah. They're expecting the money. They're like, I'm just going to do nothing. But they're very spiritual because they can be like, oh, you don't have to work 40 hours a week. So you can be as spiritual as fuck. Like, yeah, try, try sweating it up from working, you know, 70, 80 hours a week all the way to like doing shit now. I got pretty far now. And they're like, oh, I just like to, you know, experience my chi and hang out and, you know, be chill with everybody. Yeah. It's a nice luxury to have. Find a great man who's the son of a great man. It doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. You become successful. You spoil your kids. They become soft and weak, and there goes the family fortune, all okay. down up down some hooker's g string. That's right. Well, look at the, look at the the offspring of every like historical like conquer, like Caesars and shit like that. The last the, two generations, all the kids were dickheads. You know. Except the the Rockefellers have somehow found a way to maintain. They have all these like things they still do to keep their their fortune intact. Well, and that's where like family, like history, and you know, you have your your things that you do, and this is the way we do things. Like having that pride in history that actually helps shape people from not being psychotic killers. That's what you need. You need people. You need family. So many of these rich freaking parents. Like I, I know where I live. It's all rich people. Like mm. I live in the hood part of town, but all these rich ass people, they just outsource taking care of their kids. These kids have a trust fund. They think I'm doing these kids a favor. All these kids want is to spend time with their parents. And all these parents want to do is just do their stupid job that, you know, again, Wall Street, you know, whatever nonsense they do. And these kids, there's actually like suicide prevention 5Ks they have in our town because that's how prevalent it is. Wow. Is the writing not in the wall? Like it's right in your face. You got to spend time with your kids. But you know what? They don't want to. They'd rather spend 2000 bucks on a nanny, 2000 bucks a month for a nanny, and then they can just go deal with it. And you know what the problem is? It's fucking hard because we're taking care. Because raising kids is fucking hard hard and a pain in the ass and a lot of times you just want to chuck them in a goddamn river but you can't you can't you can't it's not acceptable not, not in this acceptable. no there's too much evidence <laughs> too much dna you know there's too it's many just, video cameras around you know exactly uh, but it's easy it's easier to almost make a shit ton more money and have someone else deal with taking care of your kid because they are a pain in the ass but you know so what think about it. you're raising your kids right you got a, you got larry david money right in some way, don't you wish you could be like, look, I'm going to live in a separate part of the house that's baller. You're going to live in this house that's kind of like what I grew up in. And you go to go to public school. And I'm not going to let you know that we have money until you're like 15. And then you're going to be like the most appreciative, awesome kid. Right? Not, to 35, not 15. <laughs> 35. Make them suffer through their 20s. Make them work hard. Make them get a stupid, shitty job in college. You know, make them make them really earn it, and that's when you put stuff in there. Like they got to work in like fast food, just to see how that is. Like food service, a million percent. You got to like wait tables just to get that customer appreciate what you know how much of an asshole people are to people that are serving them food. Like I see stuff on TV and like in person, and people like being mean to the people that are making and serving their food. Why would you do that? This is bad. It's bad karma, but it's like, do you want to really piss the person off that's dealing with the food that you're going to put in your mouth? I don't know. 
This is why we have COVID. <laughs> exactly. This is why it spread so fast. This is why it spread so fast. Like, great, I got COVID. I know which motherfuckers I'm going to spit in their mouth and their food. Remember, remember Fight Club? Yeah. The whole thing with the lobster bisque. What the hell? People... What's up? Watch out for that lobster bisque. <laughs> Still one of the best movies ever. Yes, very good movie. All I right. get voted to watch it, but he's still too young. Yeah, give him a couple more months. Yeah, yeah give him about two months. He'll be fine. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the old podcast of the week. Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. Check us out. SkiBumPodcast.com We are on all your favorite social media networks at SkiBumPodcast. Check out the shop on the website. SkiBumPodcast.com slash shop iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, subscribe, rate us five stars. Thank you. If you want to send us a message, keep on podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you guys next week. Stay high, stay fluting. See ya.